Hi, I'm Sarah Lane, and today I'm discussing being a pageant mum. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry, with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present, and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode. It's about time we got you on. I had you in my notes to do an episode, I think like four or five times with different topics, Um, but you're a busy lady to pin down. However, we're all pinned down at home at the moment, which has made life a little bit easier. Um, So can you explain a little bit about how you first discovered the pageant industry? Oh, this has gone back a long time ago. So Harriet was 12 um, and uh, she'd actually had a nasty accident. Uh, she was really into horse riding and uh, she'd got a, um, well, we thought it was a scald. We treated it as a scald, but it turned out it actually was a fat burn. Um, ended up with um, loads of uh, operation skin graft uh, and she really lost her confidence. So we'd gone from having this bubbly young lady who was out doing uh, the horses with her friends and all of that too, not wanting to leave the house at all. So I started looking for a solution and um, pageants kept coming back up as a solution when I was searching online. Um, but I kind of didn't think it was going to be the right thing. Um, my impression of pageants, which will be probably quite similar to those who don't know pageants, uh, what we can gain from them, um, was probably a little bit more on the negative side of things. I was thinking I was going to be putting my daughter into a um, kind of a bitchy environment I thought I'd be putting her into um, an, an environment that was uh, going to focus her more on our looks as opposed to what I wanted her to do is start seeing her value beyond how she was looking mm-hmm. um, so it kept coming up and I just decided well since this answer keeps coming back round let's give it a go because the, the, it must work for some people for it to be constantly here as a solution Um, And I I took the plunge after a bit of research and I entered Harriet into Miss Teen Great Britain. Didn't tell her though. (laughs) (laughs) Just a nice little surprise there. (laughs) I I told her when um, she'd got through to the semi-finals um, because I just thought I didn't want her to not get through and for her to have another reason to blame it was how she was looking. Mm. And what were your first impressions as a mum going into that kind of environment when you actually were competing? Well, initially, see, I, I, I was of the toddlers and toddlers. It was going to be all about the glamour and what have you. Um, but um, I mean, Harriet had already used to be well into a charity work beforehand. Um, And the thing that gave me the confidence was when I got the pack through was it saying that it encouraged them to do the charity work. Um, So we set about that as uh, really the first task. Um, And it was um, the best thing we ever did. Harriet decided, um, Harriet being Harriet, um, that she would go big uh, on it and she was going to put on a fashion show. Uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, we can do that. I, I naively thought that this would be a case of getting some kind of little um community center 
um, managing to get one shop and having a few of our friends trot down the uh, the some kind of made up runway. We ended up, I think, with five hundred people in the audience uh, for it. There was over eighty models. Um, she managed to get brands like sort of, uh, Lipsy, uh, Moss Bros. Um, there, were, there were so many big name brands that she actually managed to get them. She even got some couture brands on board uh, for gowns and everything. And she did the choreography. And the, the, the greatest thing actually from it, I mean, she raised an incredible amount of money. I think it was something like £4,000 from that event. Um, but what she did was every job, she went and did a job list of everything. And she, she had videographers, camera, you know, the photographers, um, the people who were doing the marketing. We had live uh, blogging of the event happening. That she went and found um, someone in the industry to come and teach the kids at a school how to do all of the jobs. So wow. as well as having this huge impact financially and raising all that money, she had like the... the um, six formers who were, wanted to go off and do journalism had literally journalists in with them teaching them how to live blog, how to do the articles, how to do, set up all the adverts. And it, it, it was incredible. She, she, it, it really wasn't just an event that people saw. It was massive behind the scenes that she pulled together. Um, so, uh, that, you know, we, we really went in at it from a big point of view. Uh, I always remember um, thinking, oh, God, I hope people turn up. I really hope people turn up. And then someone coming to me and going, we need more chairs. I'm thinking, why do we need more chairs? And there's like 400 fixed seats in this auditorium. Like literally come with me. And we went out and looked in the, because um, we, we used the school. Mm. Um, and uh, they said, just go and have a look at the play yard. And there was a queue going out beyond from where that I could see um, around the corner of the school of just parents all queuing up. It, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah, that, that was our sort of our first, you know, way into it. Um, and she was relentless from that point um, with the appearances, doing community work um, and just wanting to really, really get ahead her, her busy with stuff. I think there's, there's such an, an amazing additional message in there that the charity event isn't always about the massive amounts of money that you can raise from venue, mm. the awareness for the charity, but also the different skills that you can learn within that arena um so if it's say um someone being able to get up on stage and comparing the night that has always wanted to compare and hadn't had a chance to and maybe wouldn't get a chance to compare at a bigger event they'd start at your charity event um or someone that's wanted to walk the runway and isn't going to get the chance someone that wants to become a blogger and doesn't know how to start like there's all the uh, sort of additional bits and pieces that come that you run the event that you give the opportunities to as well as yeah that extra um exposure for charities um because charities have said that quite a lot that some some of them do have enough funding what they need is awareness they need mm, to know their existence um that's and that's where it really benefits um with things like pageant girls going and doing particularly if you're new in it and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I can't run a massive event, even your small event that reaches a few people can end up having a massive impact for the charity. Um, so don't underestimate the power of power of pageant girls doing charity work at all. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Harriet's ambassador for a few local charities. They're quite small. Um, and her involvement with them isn't so much as actually doing any fundraising whatsoever. Um, it's um, to actually use her social voice 
so that when they are doing work um, or they've made an achievement or they've got a plight, that Harry can make sure that more people hear about it. And that is actually worth far more than if she managed to raise, uh, you know, 800 quid from a bag backpack. That's a, you know, a drop in the ocean and they'd be better off getting a grant from the National Lottery for it. But um, having the actual um, people engaging with them, that is worth so much to them. Hmm. I think that's um, another important thing to touch on, the social media side of things. And I've talked, we've done a couple of episodes on this podcast before, and I really must update and add some more to the social media side of things. Because although we don't, you don't win because you've got a good social media following, you think of all the good you can do, whether you're in pageants or not, if you are... Um, maintaining say, good form social media you're not swearing on it you're not sort of moaning and complaining and things on it you're using it for positive purposes um, and Harriet's is a brilliant example of that because she's so personal on it but also so professional um, because of how many eyes are on her because of where she's got to in the industry um, and out of the industry um, to be fair as well um, and I wish other people would start doing that before they got big as well to, to really consider what they're putting out on social media because you never know, be it bosses, be it pageant directors who are watching, but also you don't know the good you could do with your social media if you are um, growing an amazing following on there. Well, absolutely. Um, regardless whether you're doing pageants or not, your social media, um, too many people um, use it for um, doing their laundry. Um, putting out messages on there that uh, indirect so all this kind of stuff just trying to be you know having a go at people um, publicly and it's not what social media is there for um, and on the flip side of that as well that you also have to remember that I mean again take Harriet's social media you have to remember that this is the highlights of her life this is not her life there are plenty of other moments where she's I don't know, got no makeup on, not looking great. She's uh, having a bad day. She's not going to post that on there because that's not the purpose of that. Um, the purpose of it is to show how great things can be and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think people need to remember that about social media. I mean, fair enough, if you set up a, a, an account that's specifically for dealing with negative uh, aspects, fine, go for that, make it, you know, peg it out. That's what it is. Um, but know that, that that's what people are going to form an opinion uh, of you. I always remember it was something I learnt um, years ago when I used to do uh, NLP uh, stuff, and it was uh, perception as reality. So how people perceive you is who they believe you are. So your social um, media is setting up the perceptions of what people are going to think about you. Um, so if you are putting out negative stuff on there that's having a go at people, that's what people are going to think you are. That, that, that that's who you are pegging yourself out to be it's it's definitely something I steer clear of but at the moment the one my one slip oh, I say slip up no I'm going to stand by the actions at the moment is calling out people that are not abiding by government regulations because obviously at the time of recording this oh, we're God, we all got down, and, mm. and people are still not listening <laughs> no honestly that the bloomin uh, was it a rugby player yesterday um, out and about oh, drove me absolutely mad yes there was lots of swearing in our kitchen uh, yesterday about uh, there was a list of people who'd been out and about who were high profile who should be um, you know setting examples for everyone and just thinking you above the law no we all got to take uh, you know responsibility for the whole of our country here for the world mm. 
this is yeah it's responsibility of the world I just I'm absolutely being enraged by some of the um and then people post on social media that they're doing it and I'm like how stupid people be yeah um some of the videos that after this is all over and we obviously know who we've lost and and how the numbers of who we've lost and god I really hope some of those people that recorded the videos out in the pubs the last night they were open and saying that oh I'm sure I won't pass on to my gran and stuff like that and the people posting about going to see parents and stuff on Mother's Day and and things like that and take a long hard look at who they are as individuals Mm, uh, no I quite agree quite agree um rant over Um, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen my Harriet for is it nine days me and Harriet are inseparable um but um just that she we we took the decision because she'd been in contact with people a few days beforehand and with me being high risk um we took the big decision she's not even in the house so um missing her terribly but uh, and facetime um you know constantly yeah Um, but you know we've got to take that big decision it's safe it's safe in the long term and as as, yeah as tough as the next few months are going to seem actually it's it'll disappear into the background one day I did. Sh- yeah. I shared a lovely video. I'll share it onto the Pageant Land online page as well, even though it's not pageant related. Um, it was a. I'm going to pronounce this word wrong. Retrospective, I think, is the right word. Look at in a year's time when we look back at this time of spending more time with our kids at home. Obviously, not for you, but for mm. people that have got tinies, and the fact that the kids will just remember that they had mummy and daddy there a lot, which is my daughter's loving at the moment, and how our oceans will be happier in that time where um, we all slow down and really thought about what was important and how about we all looked after our health a bit better at that time. Um, and it was just really beautiful about how, yes, at the end of all this, there's gonna, it's going to be crummy during um, mm-hmm. and dealing with the repercussions after will be crummy, but eventually there will be this, this sort of peace to it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Cling to that, cling to that. Um, so how have you seen um, Harriet, your daughter, if anyone doesn't know, Harriet is... Sarah's daughter. Um, how have you seen her grow from pageantry? Oh gosh, tremendously. Um, so when look back at the 12-year-old Harriet who wouldn't leave the house. I mean, literally, we're talking about she would physically cry if I wanted her to leave the house. Um, and to now that if we take that moment of her standing on a stage in Japan, uh, for those who don't know, Harriet um, just recently represented uh, the United Kingdom uh, in one of the world's biggest pageants, uh, placed a uh, fourth runner-up uh, out there, uh, which was actually deemed as winning if you placed um, in the top uh, five. Um, and she was the youngest on there, and she um, she should have rehearsed her speech. Um, and I can see there's a moment that goes through her mind when she's called to the top eight, uh, of her thinking, I wish I'd rehearsed my speech. But <laughs> she stood there um, right in front of TV cameras. It was being broadcast to millions um, and talked so eloquently about her passion. Um, and as a mum, to see that woman that had, was stood there, it wasn't that child anymore. It really was, I do think her actually going to Japan was that moment of her going from to me everyone else has seen her as a woman for years but for me um I saw this beautiful woman that is so strong so um educated not not in a a sense of um qualifications but in the sense of 
the world and who she is and knowing what she can uh, give to the world. Uh, she's got a real good sense of self, which for an 18 year old, I think it's a tremendous thing to have. Um, so yeah, didn't have that at 18. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, she finished college going back. Um, so that would be in last uh, June. Um, she took a couple of months out to decide what she wanted to do. Uh, and then she set off uh, seeing this job uh, advertised uh, for uh, uh, a manager uh, for this new venue. Uh, I'm going to apply for it. And maybe me, I'm going to go for it. You know, let's just see what happens. Uh, so she did. She got the job interview as well. Her uh, application was so good. Uh, she interviewed so well that um, she got down to the last two. Uh, it was um, the, the other person who she was being interviewed against was actually a 24-year-old woman who actually used to work in a bank quite high up as well. So Harriet actually, at fresh out of college, was interviewing as well as someone with a degree who um, had so much more life experience. Um, now, the actual job that other woman got, but they were so impressed they created another management job. Um, now, you tell me, without pageants, would my Harriet have got that? And I know the answer is no. Mm. You know, those skills uh, that she was able to actually um, deliver that to a board of directors. They're they're quite a big PLC that she went and pitched to, um, to to nail that and get the job. It's all down to pageants. There are 40 and 50-year-old plus women that still haven't got those skills and capabilities. Um, I always thought my, I was always good at job interviews because there wasn't necessarily a time cap. That's what threw me with pageantry was trying to get everything I wanted to say into three minutes. And I am still working on that. (laughs) (laughs) I love all the talking. Um, But the, the sense of self was definitely not something that I came into until I discovered pageantry. Um, And sadly there are people that spend their whole lives and literally get to their deathbeds and go, I've not lived the life that I wanted to live. I've not known who I was. And that's such a key message with pageants of you have to be you. Um, it just, it some sometimes it shows up before you get the crown. Um, but if it doesn't show up, then it will show up after you've got the crown, if you've not been true to you. Um, because during your time as a title holder, it won't, it's it's very clear the people that um were inauthentic when they competed um and it's such an amazing skill to go through life being true to yourself it seems so simple it seems like something we should just all automatically do but I think with the pressures between pressures of school when you're a kid and then society in general it's so easy to lose yourself Oh, absolutely. And I think it's even more difficult these days with the, uh, the whole social media thing. Uh, and probably an awful lot of teams, um, again, look at the negativity of, uh, you know, so the, the negative thing that could happen at the moment, that they're so reliant on social media for the next couple of months, um, that to try and build their own self of identity around the, what they think other people want them to be. Uh, and I would think that was probably one of the biggest watersheds Harriet had. Um, and, uh, and we were just talking about this the other day because uh, when she was at school, she was horrifically bull- bullied. Uh, and I hope this is a, a wonderful beacon of hope for anyone uh, who's going through any bullying uh, to hear their story. I mean, um, Harriet, literally, there was about 18 her year and there was an actual hate group online of 60 of her peers in this group, um, all coming up with ways on how to have a go at Harriet, how to pick on her. And her best friend at the time actually volunteered Harriet's logins was at the time where you know that sort of age group where you go you know will you look after my social media I'm on holiday make sure you get was it streaks on your snapchat whatever mm. so she her friend had her passwords 
Um, and they logged in. Uh, they were at a party and they all thought it was hilarious. Send hate mails from Harriet to other people. Um, they, they, they were absolutely vile. And Harriet, um, I mean, at one point, she just did not want to go to school, literally. They, they had to change the locked door policy at school because Harriet literally was seen fleeing the campus too many times. Um, and then we're getting a phone call from school saying that uh, Harriet's uh, uh, run, ran again. Um, there's three teachers running up the street after her at the moment. You might want to head her off. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> got quite they still can't handle bullying um, because there is I can't, annoyingly I can't remember the country it is but there is a European I believe it's a European country that has literally eradicated bullying and they've written books about it and they are willing to coach other schools outside of the country on how they did it and other schools will still not take the advice like at the odd school here and there have done it but it's I, I can't remember which country it is I sent the links to my friend who was dealing with um with bullets, kids bullying her son really badly and then it had travelled into secondary school so suddenly he was the youngest in the youngest year being mm. bullied by cousins uh, that were in like the oldest year of these yeah. kids that had been bullied him and boys the, the physical side of boy bullying mm. well it's not just physical side of boy bullying I was physically bullied as, as a girl um, but it can get a lot more dangerous quickly mm. um, and and uh, and sent the links to her to say, well, we'll send this to this, because they still don't seem to be able to deal with it. I mean, it seems to be slightly better than I was at school. I used to get um, physically and mentally bullied in the changing rooms. Their response was uh, changing the loos for me, not, not just yeah, but, do anything to the bullies. Like, yeah, Harry was told, I was in a meeting with um, a wonderful teacher, shan't say his name just in case anyone knows him, um, who said, well, you might as well get used to it if you do really want to be a model um, because people will have a go at you then as well. That was a, a, basically for Harry to suck it up and take it. Um, and we, we had a long discussion uh, about the fact that I said, you telling me that basically if, um, if sort of 70% of your, your colleagues, if they all had a hate group online, that you're not going to have an issue coming to work. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, that's different. And it is absolutely no different at all. The people who you have to spend time with, if you have that many people, trying to mentally and physically hurt you it, it is not an environment but the um harriet when she came back from this team great britain the first time she uh, placed in the top eight um and they basically were taking uh the the, the michael out of her for um not winning saying that she wasn't pretty enough but she, and all this kind of stuff that was the new angle the following year she went and won and um this was the watershed moment for her because they had a go because she won and she realised that there was nothing she could do that would have stopped that because she had she was bothered by it. Hmm. Um, so she took that decision from that point to disregard their opinion yeah. um, and realised that by doing what she wanted to do was the only way to be happy. So it was quite a, an early point in her career that she really had that sort of um, greater sense of self. Um, obviously, it go point. The next turning point was um, later that year, uh, the school didn't actually organise prom. So Harriet did it for charity. She was running for um, Galaxy. She was doing Team Galaxy. So she uh, did it for the Christie. Um, and even though the vast people, you know, majority of the people in the school, um, obviously Harriet did not like them because they were, did not like her. Um, she said, well, it's an opportunity to raise money, so I don't care. Uh, I'll go be, you know, past it and just do what needs to be done. 
and all bar one of them all apologised before the actual prom. Um, and th- they were not just apologetic, they were repentant. They were, um, they, they recognised the fact that Harriet was actually had always done the right thing and they hadn't. So yeah. it was a real moment for her to realise that she'd been right in herself to um, be happy with who she was. Um, you know, she could have at that first point taken their opinion and not done it again. Um, and, and that could have stopped her development, but instead she pushed through and look at where she is now. It's so funny listening to this, how similar our stories are, but with the positive influence of pageantry, how differently things ended. Um, Cause I went through the, the bullying journey at three, the first junior school I was at, I wasn't bullied, but I left there at the end of year two and moved um, because of my eyesight issues and my dyslexia, I got scholarships into a private system because the state system couldn't deal with me. Um, They've got much better facilities now, but they did not know how to handle anything that I was dealing with at the time. Um, And uh, then was bullied over the next three schools in different ways and means and things. Um, And actually did my school as well, did not do a prom. So I did my school prom. and uh, was still being heckled and booed, even when, despite being, uh, I was asked if I wanted to get up and say anything as the event organiser by the hotel that we were hosting it at. Um, and uh, I'd said no. And they still called me up. Um, and I was still heckled um, when I stood up to do that. Um, none of them recognised <laughs> they wouldn't have been getting a prom at all. We had photographer, we had sit down meal, um, decorations, music. We'd all been out to decorate, like, and and I'd even managed to get it signed in as an A-level ball. So no one was getting ID'd at the bar, which I would not advocate for now. Yeah. And actually, it seems to be the younger generations coming through are much better at not drinking than <laughs> my generation were. Um, there seems to be a lot of non-drinkers that are in the 18, I think 18 to 25-year-olds are the it's just like dramatically scaring the alcohol industry low. Um compared to the the previous generations and um, and um so yeah they'd all got uh, an a-level prom at their GCSE level um and still um but I didn't as much as someone not knowing themselves shouldn't be a reason for being mean had I been true to me I probably by that point wasn't being the nicest person in the world anyway um because I had this massive have been bullied wall up um, I didn't have any kind of positive input like Harriet had from pageantry. And it's just amazing to see how the two such similar stories can end so differently with the with that positive influence. Um, uh, it was at the end of Harriet's one, uh, she'd done a vote for uh, prom king and prom queen. And Harriet actually won the vote for queen. But Harry was very keen to make sure that it didn't look like it had been a self-promoting opportunity uh, with it. Uh, and uh, she gave her crown to um, the guy who also won Prom King, who had um, just a few months earlier uh, come out as openly gay. Um, and uh, he was over the moon. He took both crowns and he wore them beautifully. Oh, amazing. So it was really good because it was a, a, a great celebration for everyone as well because everyone was like, so like, go Luke. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's really amazing. That's really touched me. I think that's amazing. And 
Obviously, it's a massive learning curve pageantry as a contestant. What's been the biggest learning curve for you as a pageant mum? Um, that not everybody is like you. Um, I think that's probably one of the things I've learnt. Um, and I probably learnt that better by the time Harriet done like a third pageant. So again, for those who don't know um, kind of Harriet, what she's done. So she did Miss Teen Great Britain twice. Um, so first time she came top eight, then she went and uh, won. Then she did uh, Junior Miss uh, Galaxy. And then she did Teen Galaxy another two times. She, she won that next time. So my, my learning was, uh, you know, over a few years, now, I think six years we've been doing pageants in total. Um, and um, it's one of those that... Um, we give our all we share everything we're very kind individuals we we like to bring everybody along the journey not just in pageants but in life uh, I'm a great believer in um the more you share success the more everyone's successful um so um but there are people unfortunately that I've come across who have been more on the um the take side of things um who don't share and um it, I've learned to swallow that um, and for it not to stop what I'm doing uh, and what Harriet's doing. Um, but I think it's allowed me to go stop having any expectation that other people will be like that, yeah. um, which, which has been a big help for me. Because otherwise, I, I think that it's just a natural mechanism as a mum where you, you just want to go, well, my child would, so why wouldn't yours? Yeah. No, uh, I already get that with Felicity and she's not even three. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it, get, it gets worse, gets worse. But um, no, the, the, uh, I, I think it's one of, just one of those um, sort of life skills. And, and it, 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 it's also a separator, I think, generally from those who will win um, and those who will be successful. There are two different things for me. Um, and you'll get some people who will, who will win and be successful and then you'll get some people who will win and they've got a really nice ornament of a crown. And then you've got those who don't win a crown, who regardless will be successful. And um, all of those um, are, can be right for that individual. Um, but there's a couple of, the person who just wins the crown, it's going to be a short-lived uh, result for them. And it's going to be a short-lived sort of career in pageantry. Whereas the other ones, they're going to get so much more from it from themselves. And they're going to, have so much more longevity of enjoyment and results yeah it's because it is some they say that old phrase about nice guys finish last and things but it just depends on on your perception of what finishing means you have sometimes oh they'll get their comeuppance one day but you may never see that um and also it might be that externally um, they're always winning, but actually internally they're, they've got that burden of the fact that they weren't very mm. nice to get where they've got to or they lied to get where they've got to or whatever that may be um, that's always going to kind of sit on them. Um, I'm As a Christian, I'm like, no, I'm not going to judge, leave, it, leave judging to God. Well, except if I get asked to be a pageant judge, that's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally open to being asked to be a pageant judge. Um, but yeah, I'll leave that kind of judgment there and to stop that that expectation that that people will behave as you want them to or as that you deem acceptable um, and what's polite and kind and what's considered good etiquette, just all of that, just to let it go that other people won't necessarily behave as 
as they should or as you see they should mm-hmm. um, and to step away from those that you'll be like well that's not something I want to be involved with that's not I, w- I don't want to be around mm. someone that's going to behave like that or that's going to be rude mm. like that and being able to step away yeah. from it. absolutely I've, I've moved away in recent years from um trying to maybe just um the earlier years when I used to um do um I manage most of Harriet's social media uh, and I would want to almost argue the point with people who would send a horrible inbox. And these days I know just block delete because you, you cannot reason with someone uh, in those situations. It just takes more of your energy, um, which you could be doing far better things in your life with. So uh, I've definitely learned to just let go of those moments now um, and just kind of like, let's just move on to something else that's uh, brighter and yeah. more fun to deal with than yeah. uh, some some idiot with an opinion. And I think what really helps with that is the is knowing where you are going, your purpose of being there, what's your what's your what is your bigger picture? Um oh, absolutely. In, in pageantry or in life in general. Um and I I'm a little bit more ranty, I will be honest, a little bit more ranty on social media at the moment when it comes to anyone flouting guidelines because I, I'm, I'm terrified at the moment, to be honest, with the coronavirus-based stuff um, and I don't want to extend this or make it worse in any way possible and I'm a big believer in we can help stem that by staying home. So at the moment, I'm a little bit more ranty than I normally would be. Um, but other than that, I normally think, does this, does me putting this play a part in the bigger picture of who I am as a person and what I'm trying to achieve. And if no, then I stop typing and I delete it and I stop looking at that post. Um, quite often I'll hide that post. So I don't have, not necessarily block or delete the person um, mm-hmm. because that might've just been, they were having a bad day and that's why they posted it that way. But um, yeah, clicking sort of hide on that post so I don't have to see it and be annoyed by it again later in the yeah. day um, is always quite helpful. No, absolutely. Just touching back on the point that you said before, I mean, from uh, our point of view, um, me and Harry, always, it's a we. It's like, we are going to go buy a dress. We are going to go try and address. Um, we do everything together. Um, so when we decide on which title that, uh, you know, Harry's going to compete in, um, we've always had the um, the end game. So Harry knew she was going to win Miss International. It's not this year. It, it, it didn't have a time on it. Yeah. Um, it, and same with Galaxy, she was going to win it, but it wasn't a case of, well, it's got to be today. It'll be when I'm ready, when everything falls into place, when I deliver the, the right thing. And um, whilst on the day, it's always a disappointment if she hasn't walked away with the crown. Um, and that's just because you put everything into it. Uh, and you have to believe you're going to win to be able to be right for on that day. Um, but every time, with uh, hindsight, you go, wasn't ready for it because now when I've won it's been perfect mm. um but we don't see that at that point um, um and it, it I would say normally within a day or so we're, we're, we're normally both back at the point where we go yeah these are all the things that we know now that we should have done we've learned we now know what you know my head wasn't in it or something whatever it was that wasn't quite right um, and you recognise that, you go back stronger, you are more ready for it. And yeah, sometimes it takes a few times, but we, you know, thus far, Harriet's always achieved every one of her goals that she's set her sights on. Mm. You get there, you get there when the time is right. I mean, I, I was saying it in the run up to Galaxy, I've done the work and I leave it with God. Um, and he just very much said, not this year, which I now see why, because I, 
I wouldn't uh, with the current situation. Um, mm. I would have been frustrated with a with a crown on a shelf. Yeah, and but also I, I've got a family unit to worry about. I have that extra concern, and and I can't see me being happy to travel abroad this year. So even mm-hmm. if I had one and the and the internationals are currently postponed, they're looking at October. I at this point would have been going. Do I hand my car back because I am not going to leave the country with my daughter this year? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't personally feel she's she's not yet three. She's too young um, to be taking that kind of risk to be be with the current situation being away from the health service. Whereas someone else that travels a lot more and is a lot more free maybe doesn't have. I mean. Danielle who did who took the title she doesn't have that that family commitment um and she loves traveling she's going to be much more comfortable traveling sooner internationally than I am um and and whereas I I I think we've pretty much said as a family we're not going to leave the country this year um whether we've physically said it but just said it in the in sort of the different things that we've talked about for the rest of the year we won't holiday anywhere else this year um, I did say I wanted to go to Scotland this year, which I guess is kind of leaving the country, depending on Scotland. Not Scottish. really, though, is it? Well, if you're we're, Scottish... We're not having to flush a passport. Now, if, you, if you're Scottish, you don't like to consider England part of your country, <laughs> do you? Um, like Scotland don't like us being part of their country. Uh, well, a lot of Scottish don't. Um, and uh, one of my dearest friends is a Scottish, so I'm sure she won't mind me saying that. Um, but that, I think, will be our... Hopefully, we'll get still get up there at some point this year um but other than that I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be traveling abroad so yeah the time the timing has worked perfectly because I definitely wouldn't want it to be this year um there'll be a reason why it's the next year and I think that doesn't just apply to pageantry and it's such an important lesson to teach our kids even some adults haven't registered that they feel like they failed when they don't hit the goal the first time um but I'm the same I will win galaxy one day um I just might be really really old <laughs> <laughs> I think it's always important though to set other goals and that's something that we always do is we set other milestones other achievements that we want to do along the way and it's not just for Harriet but also for me because I get so much from it as well mm-hmm. um so from that point of view I, we always make sure that we have other elements so even things like fundraising or um how many uh, appearances that we'll go to um Harriet also uh, and myself would do quite a lot uh, obviously with Harriet doing the coaching um, we do quite a lot with that. And so we get so much more beyond the actual crown itself um, before we even get to that point. We've already got so many wins. So even though you may have that disappointment on that night, you've got all these other things to still celebrate. And I think a lot of girls need to also recognise how much they've achieved, uh, even when they don't win. When just looking at uh, this year at Galaxy, the competition was so, so tough in every category. I mean, me and Harriet were just, uh, particularly the team category, oh my God, how fierce that was. Um, there were so many girls who could have won that. Um, so th- there's a lot of girls there that need to actually go, you know what, I did amazing. I absolutely did. I was worthy to be on that stage with that level of competition and still held my own. That on its own was an absolute, uh, you know, huge achievement. It, Galaxy was tight this year. So many people mm. said how tight Galaxy was this year. Like there's people going, you couldn't call it between top fives and things like that. It's, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just, I think that's um, massive. Oh, I can't think of the word right now. It's really annoying. Um, 
massive praise to Holly that she attracts such strong contestants to her systems um, more than anything else. And what was really nice um, also afterwards was the number of people that competed for the first time that came up to me and said how much they felt like a winner because they'd listened to the podcast and heard me repeatedly say, have goals beyond the crown because only one person mm-hmm. can do that. But if you go in with having some goals that only you are in control of, um, mm-hmm. and you nail all of those, um, then you will come away feeling like a winner. I mean, this time I competed, I got top three. Um, I hit all my other goals in addition that I had. Um, I was was working to win, um, but I hit all my other goals, so I came away feeling like a winner. Um, the time I competed before, I hit top 10. So much lower placing, still an amazing place, and there were 70 of us. Um, I felt like a winner because I'd hit mm. all the other goals that I had. Um, so I think that's a massive thing that we can help our our kids with. Um, and I even said to Felicity now, um, we're going to we're going to go and have fun when we do it. And she was meant to be doing her second pageant in April, and obviously we're not now. <laughs> um, yeah. Little, but we we we're going to go and have a fun day out, and we will always make it when she competes. It'll be a fun day out, and as she gets bigger, obviously there'll be more can be more strategy behind additional goals she wants to improve upon from it um but it's it's got I think you've got to remember it's for most people it's a hobby I definitely want to do some more episodes around how we turn these hobbies into businesses because if you have so much passion in the same way that Harriet and I do to being able to actually turn it into an income so you can stay in the industry that's how we help the industry grow we can't Mm the industry needs people that are making money from it otherwise the industry will die um so that's that's a whole other episode um, that's become my catchphrase that's a whole other episode um, but to be able to yeah to, to have these examples that you get from pageantry and be able to teach our kids it is absolutely mm. amazing oh, uh, absolutely i mean that's the one great thing that um because Harriet's really invested back in herself uh, over the last year so that it can become a career for her. Uh, and it's been brilliant, actually, in the last two, three months. She's had three different countries um, actually invite her to go over there um, to actually do uh, coaching um, for uh, major, major pageants. Hmm. So, you know, the, it, it, it's amazing because, it, you know, at the minute the UK is not enough to sustain um, it as a career. Uh, on its own but to know that actually globally that Harriet now has that potential um that that, that's massive Mm. I think there's there's so there's so much we could as an industry learn from other industry uh, not other industries well from yes we can learn from other industries um but from pageant industries in other countries um and I sort of spend quite a lot of time Dwelling feels like an unproductive word, but verging on dwelling on how can we help the UK industry grow based on the models set in other countries, like how other countries have got their industry growing. Now, obviously, in some countries, it's much more um, a high pressure cooker vanity thing. And I don't necessarily want to learn from those industries. Um, But in in America, for example, platform is much, much bigger. Um, It's much more a a kind of given thing systems have it as a requirement whereas in the UK I don't actually know any systems in the UK that have a specific have to have a platform requirement and so please email in if you do know of any because I would love to talk to their directors because I think that's brilliant um I think it's good to have a mixture of both um 
but I would love to see the UK embracing the concept of having a platform. I do think it helps contestants grow and a lot more to be able to define who they are and what they stand for. Um, but yeah, it's sort of, yeah, that reaching, realising we're not just the UK pageant industry, the UK pageant industry is part of that international pageant industry. Um, and how do we support Absolutely. I mean, when you just think, because Harriet's just been out in Indonesia, she went out to watch what's called the Puteri, um, which is um, their national, but it's actually one of the world's biggest nationals. Mm. Um, they crown Miss Universe candidate, Miss International candidate and Miss Supranational at this event. Um, and there was about 3,000 people there watching it in a huge stadium. Um, and the, 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 the money behind that, it comes from uh, predominantly the sponsors and what have you, but the girls who win, they're essentially immediately A-list celebrities. When, um, the winners that, um, of last year, so um, the Miss International Indonesia, who's one of Harriet's friends, um, the, the, the equivalent of Morphe, the palette, uh, I, you know, eyeshadows, are, they, they have um, their own makeup sets like that um, with their faces on um, and the big business. It's massive for them. Um, but these girls, they work hard. They're, they're contracted for the year. They're salaried for the year. But they literally are like a marketing machine um, for the, uh, the companies. Um, they become these advocates um, for um, a set group. Um, of organisations like when Harriet was out in Japan when she was working with uh, like the Panasonic um, that they, they use the pageant girls because they find it's actually one of the uh, the better way to communicate to their audience because they're so identifiable uh, yeah. as an individual. And to have these such amazing role models now I'm not saying that celebrities that weren't pageant girls are any lesser role models um, but you do often find um, there are people coming out of um like reality TV shows that aren't exactly the role models you would like your children yeah. to follow. Um, Geordie Shaw springs to mind. Some of them are really lovely people, but I wouldn't necessarily want my child to role model themselves after some Absolutely. of their, their behaviour. But pageant yeah. girls, I would love there to be more uh, celebrity actually in the UK pageantry. Yeah. These are amazing I mean, women. I want them to be highlighted more. When Harriet was, well, she just posted something actually on her Instagram yesterday, which was a video of her walking into the Pateri. Um, and literally she just had streams of people coming up to her wanting photographs and everything. Everyone instantly recognised her. But even when she was on the aeroplane, um, when she was flying to Bali, people were going, Miss Harrietti, is that you? Um, um, literally, God bless her, she'd flown for 26 hours and there was um, people waiting for her into, uh, 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 autograph uh, as she got off the plane, God bless her. Uh, I would imagine it would be the last thing that she probably wanted uh, to see, but it was beautiful. She was in a shop and people were just going, is that you? Uh, and literally, you know, little crowds of people all wanting their photos. And well, obviously over here, it's like, you, you do what? Yeah. Is that a thing? Really? It's a thing. I spend most of my life outside of being a mum doing. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's quite amusing the com- the contrast it, it's so extreme it's I mean it highlights lots of oh we've completely gone off on a tangent I will bring us back around to our <laughs> in a moment but while my daughter is still quiet I'm going to make the most of it um it's it brings us back around to that we need to I obviously I don't live in another country so I don't know what it's like in the UK but I do 
from speaking to people in other countries get the feeling like we're not we are a bit behind when it comes to lifting up other women and um, we are still mm-hmm. I don't know it's like there's something we're taught as kids without really knowing it that we're all meant to be in competition with each other um mm-hmm. and it's funny that going into a competition where we are literally in competition with each other is the thing that teaches us that we are in this together well, one of the things that um, I thought um, really highlighted it, again, Harriet went and sent me a link when she was in Indonesia, when she was picking up a gown, and there was TV adverts on that were government adverts saying about to support your candidates, and they were showing who all of their uh, pageant winners were. Um, with the, it was just full of pride for these people who were representing their nation. Um, and that's one thing that I, I'm very proud of Harriet for this year, because I do feel like, because uh, Harriet won some massive votes, and that was because people be outside of the pageant industry, um, just general people on social media, were getting behind Harriet as a person. They, were, they didn't need to be in pageants. They thought, well, actually, this is a nice person anyway. Yeah. Um, and it, it seemed to really sort of turn a bit of a tide on that, which was nice to see, because uh, so she, she'd beat even some of the biggest pageant nations who have hundreds of thousands of people in pageant groups, whereas we, we have literally a couple of thousand and that's because we're buying and selling dresses. Um, so it, 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 I, I do think we've got a little bit of uh, things happening, but for when you, when you do go to particularly the Asian countries, it's as big as the premiership football. Yeah. And they're doing, oh, yeah, that one of, one of our um, long-term missions with the Pageant Land podcast is to be able to have um, people paying to advertise on the platform to be paying and, and, and having advert breaks um, because I want the podcast to be able to sponsor uh, UK title holders um, and that includes so UK, GB, um, England, Scotland, Wales, um, Ireland, Northern Ireland title holders going to internationals um, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a money greed thing and um, it will be it will I'll be honest uh, when we get to that point some of the money will be able to be spent on advertising the podcast to help grow the podcast Mm -hmm. because that's what the advertisers are paying for they need a big platform to pay for it on and but the 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 remaining income from the podcast it's its sole focus is to be able to support our national title holders going to internationals um which is one of the reasons I keep it predominantly UK focused because then I can feel like I can only cheer for the national title holders. I don't have to cheer for all the other countries so much. <laughs> um, but it's not that I'm against any of them because we're all in it together, but um, is this this underlying, this real sort of passion for growing the industry here in the UK. And, and that requires a lot of um, a lot of work in a lot of different areas. But we also need more people to believe that it can grow um, and see it as bigger than it currently is because if you always see it as oh it's just a little industry then it will only ever stay a little industry if we believe that it can get bigger and um, then it will grow um yeah that's a little sneak peek into some of the long-term plans of the podcast <laughs> they're good plans to have sound very good indeed it's um and i've already had some people say well actually now they would advertise now as long as it wasn't hideous money um which when you're starting out it isn't hideous money and the funny thing is actually having a lot of friends that i've got that have podcasts have said having advertisers helps to edify their podcast and helps their podcast grow as well Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
So it's um it's very chicken and egg. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Um, but we're uh yeah, we've got a few more bits I want to set up and to really make sure that I'm adding value to the sponsors. And obviously I will only ever have sort of sponsors and advertisers that are um gonna add value to the listeners too. So it's um we'll get there eventually. So I will um last couple of questions and we'll wrap this all up before small wakes up and start screaming in the room next door um <laughs> we you shared a lot of tips for pageant mums are there any specific ones that you would like contestants to know about um oh contestants um let's think i think having um making sure you've got a winning mindset particularly for new people that get very focused on um how they should walk, what they should wear, um, and they forget about how they should be as a person. Um, and I think that would be one of my best tips is, um, you know, invest as much time into you as you are, your wardrobe, um, yeah. which I think sometimes can be missed. Um, I think also to, um, I mean, one of the, um, I think the, most beautiful things that happened um, last year when Harriet won Miss International was the, the absolute fact that Harriet did not expect to win at all. She went and had fun. Her, her uh, idea was to go and age up, find out what being a Miss was all about, see what the system was about, and then meant that the following year, because she'd only had a, a few weeks to prepare after handing back a team title, she was just like, right, let's just go and learn. And then I've got the year to prepare uh, and work out what's going to happen. But because she went and just had pure enjoyment of it, mm. um, she won. Uh, and that was because the true Harriet just shone. There was, there was nothing there. There was no nerves. There was no pressure. There was no stress. It was just pure enjoyment. Uh, and I think that is proof of the fact that um, stop worrying about winning the crown and just be you. And it will manifest. Mm. It's funny, so when I did, where are we, 20, the 2016 one, um, because of the prep work and the presence online and things, and I had people thinking that that I was in the running, um, I'd worked hard. In hindsight, I didn't. My head wasn't in the winning space, and I was so happy with top 10, particularly when I look at all the other girls I was surrounded by. You're just like, wow, like just to be on this stage with all these women is amazing. Um, but to come back this time round, it's that... It's that very slight difference between thinking you're going to win, which is a dangerous place to be in, um, and knowing you deserve to win and that you are capable of winning, um, which I came in. Those are the two things that I kind of came in with this time. I did deserve to win. Not That doesn't take away from other people deserving to win at all. But Absolutely. knowing you deserve to win and that you're capable of doing it and going, yes, I am mm-hmm. good enough for this. And it was the first time actually in my life I ever really felt like I, I was I was good enough. If I'm honest, going into competing this year, and I came away feeling even better, um, even though I didn't win. And um, and that's the magic of pageantry. There's not many things you can lose at and feel so much like a winner. Mm-hmm. No, I quite agree. So the question I know you get asked a lot: Will you ever do a pageant? <laughs> well you know what um about a year ago well it'll be more than a year ago isn't it it'll be I think it was last October I was meant to do one um but I took poorly um and it didn't happen it was just gonna be a lo- local charity one 
Um, for years, people have been saying, will you do one, will you do one? And I can't remember what it was, but it was like a forfeit with the mums. If something happened, I would do it. So I'd signed up yeah. for it. But uh, yeah, obviously that never happened. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to rule it out. I, 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 I would probably take part in a, like a local charity thing. Would I do like a national? No, um, I, I, I'm not down for that. Um, and um, but it, it's more, I think, the knowing where my limitations are these days with uh, energy and everything. Um, and I know that I'd want to do it uh, at such a level because these days, um, I mean, thankfully, you know, obviously Harriet, she's a miss. She does pretty much everything uh, on her own these days. I get to just be taken along for the ride. Um, and, um, you know, it's just as well, though, because I probably couldn't do what, let's say, we did when she was first a junior team. Um, these days, I just don't have that energy anymore. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to rule it out. You might see me on a charity stage uh, sometime uh, over the next couple of years. But uh, I, I do a lot of judging now, and I absolutely love that. I love doing the judging. That's that's one of my big – There are the Galaxy is my big one. There's two others that I'd like to do that for fun that are gonna, I'm going to use them as market, birthday presents to myself for my 40th and my 50th. We've discussed this off off recording. I'm not going to say which ones, but um, a few people have guessed. Um, for my 40th and 50th treats to myself, but um, I quite like the idea of doing a charity pageant with you. Um, <laughs> I really want to go into judging. Um, I want to go into judging and comparing. Um, but it's, um, I think it's quite. It's harder to become a judge when you've competed with so many people. I mean, um, we had it with Galaxy this year. Um, Bella and Zara, who are, are previous Galaxy winners, have come back, but they weren't able to judge the Ms. and Mrs. Knight because they knew too many of us. Mm. Um, it's sort of a, a, such a close-knit community, whereas they can judge the younger categories because they, they're people they've not sort of been in the community and things with before. Um, but it's, it's tricky because I want to speak to and know everyone. Um, yeah. But I also... I'm aware that if I want to go into judging, which I do, and if I want to take that bit seriously, that you have to keep also a bit of a professional distance. So, I mean, Harriet, uh, I don't think we'll be able to judge any of Holly's pageants for a long time anyway, um, because Harriet just knows everybody uh, and and she's quite close with everyone as well. Um, But she's also, even just on the charity pageant, she's taken a step back. Um, And that's more because she's doing the coaching and she doesn't want... Um, anyone who doesn't win go well because the girl won because she was coached by Harriet and that's why and they may win because they've had coaching but not because the, she was judged by Harriet because she did the coaching does yeah. that make sense um, so you know Harriet doesn't want any shine taking off someone's win so even though it's something that she absolutely loves doing she's actually um, taken a, a huge step back from uh, doing coaching she was actually sorry judging she was literally doing judging most weekends um really for the probably best part of last year um but uh, now she's doing none at all it's it is tricky I think that's where I so I identified that in myself I didn't want to win because it would mean that my sort of pageant journey was going to come to an end um and I needed to know what my bigger picture beyond that was and that played a part in the starting of the podcast um it played a part in um looking at 
what I wanted to do after all of this, which included judging and comparing. But then I also spotted that if I just originally it was just judging in the podcast. And then I was like, actually, I've got a bigger mission in pageantry. It's not just going to be the podcast. That's going to be the pageant land online. Um, and also judging, you kind of have a limit because if you're seen as judging too many times, um, then people don't want you either. <laughs> if you've been at a, a regular mm. phase, if people know that, oh, well, it's a given this person will be judging that, that pageant because they always do, then they then you start to lose out on judging opportunities as well. So I added comparing onto my list because I am a public speaker. I'm very comfortable doing that. And actually, before it even announced that I was um, looking for compare positions, I got asked to compare for quite um, uh, quite a lovely national, which I'll be doing at the beginning of next year. Um, Ooh. About. Um, I don't know if we're officially announcing it yet, so I'm not going to say which one. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it, it's funny how I'd I'd made that shift in my head that that was something I wanted, and suddenly the universe went, here you go. Um, for me, it's God saying, here you go, but but I know for a lot of people, it would be the universe saying, here you go, you you, you started to ask without asking. Ooh. No, it's quite funny because last year we had a load of things that were happening. Um, It was around about September, October that was all about Japan. Uh, And it was just so strange. And, uh, you know, um, we we were very much saying that it it is the universe, um, you know, kind of moving everything towards what is now your path. Um, And uh, I think it is just one of those that if you um, really do believe in what you're doing, um, things do manifest um, that way, whether it be um, through whatever belief that you do have for you uh, with, with God, with, with Harry, it's probably um, the next maker border that's coming in. But, um, you know, from her point of view, that it was the universe for her that she just realised that actually everything she was doing was aligned now. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely when you have that feeling um, because you actually realise that what you've been doing has been recognized whether it be by pure chance or whether it be because of god um, that's driving in that direction it, it, it is lovely oh well speaking of makeup palettes harry will be very proud of me so um we've mentioned on the podcast before i think it was with the interview with patrick about um when i stayed and uh i have my four eyeshadows and harry has her 404 eyeshadows <laughs> I, I have I've gone a little bit crazy today I have bought myself I think it's nine it might even be 12 but I think it's nine um an, an, an actual palette an actual well, eyeshadow palette um I for a project that I'm working on I'm going to be at some pageant things not competing and um I wanted some quite funky eyeshadow to go with the branding of the pageant land online um so I went looking for the two branding colors and ended up buying an entire rainbow palette <laughs> excellent that's what I like to hear I feel a little bit more like a pageant girl than I did first thing this morning, knowing that <laughs> somewhere in the postal system um, between John Lewis and here is uh, a rainbow palette um, with my name on it. But I've also, having you just saying that has reminded me that I don't actually own more than three eyeshadow brushes. <laughs> uh, so that'll be the next thing. So. Yeah, definitely. That, that's one thing I have learned. Uh, I mean, my dear, Harriet still fixes my makeup, but um, she went and bought me a load of lovely brushes um, last year. Uh, and that's been a game changer for me. Aww. It's all very well having the fancy palettes, but if you haven't got the brushes, the fancy palette stays in the fancy palette. <laughs> I'm such a minimalist, though. I just don't... I think 
I didn't see the purpose. I mean, literally, I'm I'm from the era that we had the little sponge applicators. And if you wanted a different technique, you just lick the side of the sponge. Um, (laughs) um, But these days, since Harry's um, sort of opened my mind to having the different brushes and what have you, I go, ah, no, that's why theirs looks better. Right, okay, this does actually work. There is a purpose behind this. So, yeah, I, I doesn't need to be tons. I've only got about, I think, five eyeshadow brushes. Um, but since getting them, it has been a game changer. Yeah. I've got, I've invested in good brushes, but I buy one for the specific. I'll be like, right, I need the specific brush for this one and going and buying that. Whereas buying um, a few little sort of ones to, to play around with which is what I want to do with this colour set I'm like oh I just need to buy a little set that's got a bit of variety in it don't I but for me it needs to come in some sort of nicely organised case so I still feel fairly minimalist with it <laughs> Oh, get on Morphe they've, they've actually half priced this week on Morphe uh, they, uh, they've got a couple of Jaclyn Hill brush sets I will, I will go and have a look um, I'll how- send you the link oh thank you <laughs> how can we find you or where, where would people like to um where would you like to direct people to converse with you on social media? I'm on Facebook generally. Just find me as Sarah Lane. Um, or um, if you message on the Crown Coach, both me and Harriet uh, respond on that inbox on there. Um, so you'll find me also on there. That's on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Um, but also drop Harriet a message as well. Um, uh, that she has one of her um, coaching customers um, who um, wanted to have a bit of a chat uh, about some other sides of things last night. I went and had the phone call because it was more my area of expertise because as well as doing everything my normal day job, I'm also actually uh, a qualified coach as well. Um, so um, just get in touch there. Um, I'm happy to speak, Harriet's happy to talk to you. Just benefit of our experience or if you want some advice, just we're here amazing oh well thank you so much for being on this we've so we oh, what time did we we've now been on this call we haven't recorded all of it but we've been on this call oh my for god like two hours <laughs> oh gosh um, yes so i'm i better go and get my small one up or she will not sleep tonight um but thank yeah. you so much um and yeah i i can't wait to see um everything that that harriet's going to do next and sort of by proxy that includes yourself doesn't it Oh, it does. But before we disappear, I'm going to share with uh, everyone the one moment where me and you first met. Um, I was sat watching my daughter compete at uh, Junior Miss Galaxy. And um, you came and tapped me on the shoulder and said, are you Harriet's mum? And that was our very first moment. And you said something beautiful to me. It was the first time I actually recognised my daughter as being an inspiration. Um, That you'd said that it actually made you feel actual confident in yourself about your height. Yeah. And it was a real moment for me of going, yeah, that's, that's my little girl up there. She, she just did that. She's just affected another adult um, yeah. by just being herself. And it was just lovely. It was just a really lovely moment. 27 I've years. I've ruined you, haven't I? I yeah. bet you've got tears in your eyes, haven't you? I'm, no, I'm proper problem solving now. <laughs> um, 20, 27 years of hating being a certain height is a long long time and a big thing to deal with and yeah it was um and Harriet and I hadn't met in person at that point we'd only ever met online and and she turned it around for me 
Oh, that's so lovely. You see, it's just wonderful that pageantry, you've done that for people because uh, without that, where would you be? Would you still be hating your height? You're, you're the most beautiful, tall, glamorous thing ever. And it's just like, it's lovely that you recognise that. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.